O Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, Lord, ruler of all, whether physical or immaterial, past, present, future, you are Lord of all. And Lord, we bow the knee here in time. We will bow it in eternity, but we do so in love. Father, we pray that the words that are spoken today, the, the songs that we've already sang, would touch our hearts and open us to you in a new way, in a way where we feel your presence among us, perhaps differently than before. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. This past week, I saw a, it was a very uh, compelling uh, video. It was something that happened in uh, March of 2021. An apartment building had uh, caught on fire and uh, was was burning down. This was in, in France. It was burning out of control. And as the crowd gathered and watched, they saw a, a young mother and her baby leaning out of the fifth floor window. Time was of the essence. No one could go through the building. And so what these... Men did, eight men out of the crowd, they came to the side of the building and they formed a human ladder while some others very quickly ran and got a mattress and hanging on to each other and railings and blocks and bricks, they got up to the mother and they got up to the baby and they slowly handed her down from one Uh, to the other. And when they saw that it was safe uh, to drop the baby, they dropped the baby on the mattress. And their quick actions saved both mother and baby by forming a human ladder some 35 or 40 feet up into the air on the side of a building. They risk injury to themselves, but I'll guarantee you none of them were was thinking about that at the moment. What they were thinking about was we must save this mother, we must save her child. In our text today, we're going to see connections throughout the Bible. And it's going to take us from John chapter 1, 50 through 51, back to Genesis 11 and to Genesis 28 and over to John 10 and then finally back to John 1. And what is it about? It's about a ladder. It's about a ladder that was formed from heaven to earth in order to save us. So please turn with me to John 1, 50-51 very short passage. I assure you the message will be its usual length. <laughs> in John uh, 1, 50 and 51, 
Jesus alludes to another ladder. And this is the ladder that we see all the way back to Genesis and then John again. So in this short passage, it's short, but it's not without spiritual information and motivation. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, when Jesus told Nathanael that he would see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and and descending on the Son of Man, he was alluding to an Old Testament reference, a story that we're very familiar uh, with. It's found in Genesis chapter 28. Uh, You can turn there, or I'm just going to tell the story so you can listen as well. But in that uh, story, uh, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, was on the run from his brother Esau. Uh, Esau wanted to kill him, and not without reason, I should say. And one night, while he was uh, on his way, Jacob was uh, sleeping in a field, and he was using a rock for a pillow. Now, I have one of those my pillow things, and that's bad enough, but a rock? I mean, that's just insane. But anyway, he was using a rock as a pillow, and while he was asleep, God opened to him a vision. And, and Jacob looked in this vision, he saw the heavens opened, and he saw a ladder coming down to earth, and he saw angels of God ascending and descending on it, a ladder that went up to a door. When Barbara and I went to the Pergamon Museum in Berlin, if you've never been, you ever have a chance, an opportunity to go, it's just spectacular. But one of the things that they have there is the reconstructed Ishtar uh, gate that they removed from uh, Babylon. So that was built in 575 uh, B.C., And as I walked through the gate, I was just simply impressed that Daniel had likely walked through that very same gate scores of times. Who knows how many times? It it may have been that uh, Hananiah, Azariah, Azariah and and Mishael were there as well. Nebuchadnezzar had walked through that gate. There's just a, a thing there. And while Esther was in Susa, Who knows? She traveled a lot. Maybe she walked through that gate as well. You know, it's a door. You just simply walk through the the door. But when you go way back in the book of Genesis, there is another door. And that is a door uh, that I had been unaware of. It had been completely invisible to me for uh, for years and years. And it, its discovery, from my perspective, remains one of the only truly original thoughts that I've actually ever had. <laughs> and, and I ran the idea past Howard Hendricks in 1997. And to my amazement, he acknowledged that he hadn't heard it before, but he said it has merit. And so, you know, just thinking about doors and, and ladders... 
And I hope before we're done today to draw those two things together uh, for you. So we lived in Jordan for nearly five years in the early and mid-90s. The first year we lived in Jordan, I was the registrar and instructor at the Emerging Jordanian Evangelical uh, Seminary, uh, a work that had begun that same year by my classmate, uh, Ahmed Shahada. And one of the classes that I taught was Old Testament survey. And so uh, teaching through uh, Genesis, it doesn't take long to get to Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. And and this is how uh, that reads. Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, uh, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. And so we're going through this text. I'm going through it with my students. At that time, uh, probably at any time, yeah, I didn't have the facility to speak in Arabic, and certainly not in terms of teaching, so I had a translator. But when he said Babel, Uh, That really struck me. It struck me in a different way uh, because as most families in the Middle East, and if you speak Arabic, you will certainly uh, have used this phrase, perhaps even uh, this morning. And it's something that parents will use of refrigerator doors and outdoors. And it's close the door. Close the door. (laughs) It's Sakar al-Bab. Close the door. And so I, I thought right on the heels of teaching this lesson, so I, I'm thinking, boy, that's a strange similarity, this word bab, and, and is that associated with the Hebrew word babel? And so uh, I looked at Webster, of course, and Webster says to babel is, is to con- uh, confusion of sounds or a scene of noise or confusion. Oxford defines it as the sound of many voices speaking simultaneously. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this before so that you, uh, you know that our English definition of Babel is not the Hebrew definition. And that's important for us to understand because, you know, language studies did help a little bit. And I studied Hebrew for a couple of years at Dallas Seminary. And I remembered what you all know already, and that's L means God. You know, El Shaddai, El Elyona Adonai. Was the Hebrew L 
connected with the Hebrew Bab, El Bab or Babel. Could it mean that this word actually was in the genitive, that is the possessive, that is the door of God? And so, you know, these thoughts are just running through my mind. And so I go grab a Hebrew lexicon and I look it up. And sure enough, uh, there it was. Babel literally means the door of God. That's what it means. And my, my mind began to race as uh, the dots connecting uh, these p- bits and pieces all through Scripture were uh, creating a, a beautiful and an intricate uh, pattern. And what uh, commentators have called the scarlet uh, thread. And I literally, I couldn't fa- write fast enough to, to get my uh, thoughts out. And so I turned my Bible to that text that I just mentioned with Genesis 28. And I read that Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that, that night because the sun had set. And taking out one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up to heaven and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord stood above it. I mean, this is we're, we're getting this notion of, of, of Moses and the Ten Commandments here. The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you... And your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done that which I have promised. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is none other than Bethel. This is, he goes on to say, the gate of heaven. Now, in the Bible, the, this, uh, when he says the gate of heaven, heaven is not simply a place in the atmosphere or an uh, in, in outer space or something like that. It's not even simply the place where God lives. When somebody says in the Bible, they prayed to heaven, that's a, a way of saying that they prayed to God. So we, we see this in Daniel four twenty six. We see this also in the, the prodigal son where he'd sinned against heaven. You can't sin against a place. You, he sinned against God. And this word gate is a synonym for door. They can both be used. So instead of Babel, the door of God, now we have Bethel, the house of God. And so instead of humanity building a staircase up to God, like they tried to do in Babylon, God has instead put a ladder to men. Now understand, this is not accidental. This is absolutely deliberate. Because... 
uh, let me remind you that the unseen person in all of this is the author, Moses. He's Moses wrote Genesis 11. Moses wrote Genesis 28. The same man understand that he was referencing an earlier time in Genesis 11. So Babylon is uh, just Babel, right? On is what we an ending that we put on it to say the place. Uh, the place of Babylon is the place of Babel. Uh, the place of, of, of what? The place of the door of God. It says from there they disperse. From where? From the door of God. Uh, why? Because they had determined to make a name for themselves. Uh, every brick that they used had the inscription Marduk on it. That's a Babylonian uh, God, and so the Lord just said, "No, this isn't going to happen." And so He dispersed them uh, from there, and primarily uh, because they did not understand that you cannot come to God on your terms. You come to God, or more accurate, He comes to you on His terms. I mean, that's why you know we sing the song, "We're climbing." Uh, Jacob's ladder no we're not climbing Jacob's ladder I mean it may be catchy and we may sing it but it's not theologically uh, accurate it, it in fact why was G Jacob there in order to receive this dream in the first place uh, it was because he was a deceitful dishonest manipulative man and he was, from a, at a human perspective, he was going to pay the price. He had stolen uh, the birthright, and now he, he stole the blessing. And, of course, that, when he stole the blessing, that was more than Esau could bear. So Rebekah got Jacob out of town. And so at this point, uh, Jacob, uh, he was not prideful like they were in building the, uh, the, the pyramid, the the ziggurats, the ladders up uh, to God. In fact, he was, he was at the bottom. Uh, you know, I, I think there's, there's no, no place so common as uh, the bottom. And everyone goes there no matter, no matter the place of your birth, your socioeconomic standing, your education, your background, your religious experience. All of us get schwacked. <laughs> all of us get knocked down. It's just it's just kind of uh, coming to me uh, a song. I won't get the words right, but it's uh, Kenny Rogers when he said, uh, you know, that every now and then, uh, you know, life will deliver a blow that will quiver you, bringing you down to your knees. That's life. That's what it is. This is where Jacob is. He's there. It can't get any worse. Life makes no sense. He's getting pushed away from his people, away from his land. His plans, his dreams, his family, everything, his emotions, everything was uh, out of kilter. But that's not what I want you to experience in this dream. What I want you to see is how it is in that moment precisely that God reaches down and shows Jacob that the blessing stolen by deceit is now freely given by God to him. He is not deserving of God's uh, grace or his 
blessing. And yet that's where God met him, was in his, in his darkness. And the same is true with us. He comes to us in our need. His grace and his mercy, he meets us where we are, not how, you know, when we think we're trying to get up to him. However, unlike Babylon, where we built up, in this case, there was a stairway coming down. But the, uh, the story of uh, the fullness, the completeness of this notion, uh, I, I haven't uh, told you yet. So there were a couple of other thoughts, actually many more, but two primary ones that came tumbling in my mind. And the first one was from one of my favorite passages in John 10. Uh, the words of Jesus Christ making this uh, circle, John 10, 1 through 9, he says, uh, Truly, uh, truly, amen, amen, truly, truly, verily, verily, uh, your version uh, might say, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door of the shepherd, or is the shepherd of the sheep, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, and they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus, and I love it when these, Jesus explains what he's just said. That means we know we're getting the real uh, understanding of this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus proclaims here that he is the Bab of God and understand that while this was written in Greek, it was spoken in Hebrew and Aramaic. One final thought then takes us back to our passage today. Not only is the door to heaven, Babel, a person, i.e. Jesus Christ, what Jesus said to Nathaniel in John 1.51 is that he is the ladder. The ladder is also the person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is, is the ladder that spans the gulf between heaven and earth that God allowed Jacob to see in that vision. It is in him that God has come from heaven to earth to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So Jesus is, is saying here that he has not just come to point the way to heaven, he is the way to heaven. In other words, the message of the gospel, and this is so important, and people get, they get wrapped around the axle about this, and they get caught up in this all the time, where it has to do with works. 
the, the message of the gospel is that you do not have to climb your way. In fact, you cannot climb your way up to God. But God has come to you through Jesus Christ. The ladder is not a ladder whereby we ascend to God, but it's a ladder whereby God has come to us to lift us himself. Now, Nathaniel, uh, for Nathaniel, I think seeing was, was believing. Remember, Nathaniel was quite the skeptic. He needed evidence. And, and Jesus promised him more evidence. This, there's a very interesting play here that we'll look at. And I think that the kind of the bottom line of that little passage is that the reward of faith is greater faith. If you show a little, he will give you uh, more. And uh, so he says, verily, verily, most assuredly, right? Truly, truly. Uh, Jesus uses these words 25 uh, times in the gospel of John, and he, when he says it, it's said to emphasize the trustworthiness, the authenticity, the truthfulness of a statement or a promise. And he, what he's saying is that they will see more than this. And the interesting thing about this to me is, you know, you get these uh, little grammatical insights. So, for example, in, in English grammar... Is you singular or plural? Is both. We don't know. Not so in, in Greek. So I love this. Jesus does this all the time. And looking intently at the man, he spoke to the woman. I love how he does this. And he answers Nathaniel, And he said to him, You, plural. Now he's talking to all those around. He's talking to the other uh, disciples and he says that you are going to see heaven open not just Nathaniel but all of them and you're going to see as this story alludes to the angels of heaven ascending and descending look at the text don't you find that fascinating on him on Jesus. Jesus himself is the ladder. Jesus himself is the door. The works that we offer are meaningless as it relates to salvation. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Your works aren't meaningless. But as it relates to salvation, they're worthless. They're useless. It's only God that can bring us to this uh, place. Ladders and, and doors, some of the most significant metaphors in all of life. In Italy, I would take pictures of all the doors that I came across. Because unlike here, where a door is a door is a door is a door, in Italy, that ain't so. <laughs> the variety and the colors are so, so beautiful, but I just love taking pictures of them. In Ireland... There is a phrase, it's called chancing one's arm. Now, I wasn't really familiar with that, but perhaps you've heard that before. Chancing one's arm. And it's been around in the vernacular, certainly the Irish know it, uh, for well over uh, 600 uh, years. And the origins of the phrase are 
well documented. What it means to chance one's arm is to take a great risk in order to get something that you want. Makes sense, right? There is, in, uh, at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Dublin, there is a door that's on display in the church. And this door has a hole in it. It's got a hole in it. And so what, what that door was, was there were these two prominent Irish families, the, the Butlers and the Fitzgeralds, and they were in this bitter uh, feud that had gone beyond just simply taking land and property and going back and forth, but it had now gone to uh, violence where the people were, were dying. And so the Earl of uh, Ormond, that would be the, the butler, he was besieged by the Fitzgeralds of Kildare. And so they, they locked themselves uh, into uh, St. Patrick's uh, Cathedral. Hmm, same place where this door is at. They bolted themselves in, and unfortunately, as the siege wore on, it was really looking. Uh, it was really looking like there was going to be a slaughter, but for some reason or another, the the Butler family in the church. In, did I mention that it was in St. Patrick's Cathedral? Yeah. Yeah. They were going to kill each other inside the church. It just it just staggers the imagination. And so he's looking in the church. And, and he's struck with how incongruous it is to have such hatred and to exhibit such violence for people of the same country, even in general, larger sense, even the same family. And so he called out to uh, the head of the uh, butlers and he said, I want, you know what, just come out. This is done. We're, we're, we're done with this. We're going to shake hands and all will be well. Well, you can imagine the, the Fitzgeralds were like, no, 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 this is, this is insanity. If we go out there, they're going to they're gonna kill us all. And they won't, there will be no mercy for us. And, and so Butler, he grabbed his uh, spear and he chopped a hole through the door. And of course, they were thinking, "Okay, this is it. They're 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 on us now." And what he did was he yeah, he put his arm through it, and he said, "Take my hand," to show his sincerity that he was not going to harm them. And it, how easy would it have been? to sever his arm and thus take uh, chancing one's arm a door physical evidence of the willingness to make a sacrifice for good jesus himself is the ladder that goes to the door we look we find both the ladder, the door, the stair, the door of God. We find the gate of God coming down to us. And the ladder was built to save others at the cost of his own life. He did not merely chance his arm. He didn't even chance his life. He gave his life for us. 
People are climbing to God. They do it all around. You see it all around. Uh, that's Babel. That's Babel. If you're climbing to God. People understand that God is with them uh, wherever they are. That's Bethel. Where was Bethel? It's in the middle of a field with a rock. <laughs> in other words, it's where you are with God. There are only two religions in the world today. Only two, really. Babel or Bethel. One attempts to reach God by building a ladder, building a way up. The other one, we understand, came to us. And the changes that God brings into our life are to strengthen us, not to harm us, going back to thinking about Jacob, or even Nathaniel for that matter. I'm reminded of Jeremiah when he wrote, For I know the plans I have for you, Says the Lord, there are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and hope. So where is your heart today? I mean, really, where is it at? Are we even honest with our own selves as to where we're at in, in, in life? Some may feel abandoned by God. Others may feel that God is particularly close right now. Others may not even see the relevance of the statement. But, be that as it may, is your heart weary? Is it strong? How do you, how do you feel? Either way, it's in trusting Christ that he will carry you. If you're strong, okay. If you're weak, okay. He accepts you where you're at. But no matter how strong you are, no matter how weak you are, neither one is sufficient or insufficient to be in the right relationship with God because it's not up to your strength or your weakness. It's up to the work of Jesus Christ. So weak or strong, only in Christ will you find peace, hope or life Father we are so impressed that from the beginnings of the book of uh, Genesis all the way through the writings of John Lord if we wanted to go further we could even go into the book of Revelation so literally from the beginning of your word to the end of your word, we see that there is only one way. Uh, there is only one door. There is only one ladder. And it's not really a door that we go through. It's not really a ladder that we climb. Uh, those are metaphors for your son, Jesus Christ. It is only through him that we have life and that we can have eternal life so we thank you and are eternally grateful even now through christ our lord amen